0: This is Thursday, October 26th. You ever feel like your heart is divided? Like you want something, but you also want something else more? It's a common feeling. In scripture, this person is often called double minded or wavering like a wave on the sea. We live in a world of competing desires. Single mindedness and wholeheartedness can be rare. But everything in our lives is about choices. We cannot have everything, or do everything, or be with everyone, so we must choose. In our world, we can have so many choices that it can be paralyzing. Maybe you have heard about the study done by a pair of psychologists in the year 2000. One day shoppers in an upscale food market saw a display with 24 varieties of gourmet jam. Those who sampled the spreads received a coupon for $1 off of any jam. On another day, shoppers saw a similar table, except only six varieties of the jam were on display. The large display attracted more interest than the small one, but when the time came to purchase, people who saw the large display were one-tenth as likely to buy as people who saw the small display. You see, we have a problem navigating complex choices, well, because we're afraid with so many choices, we'll get it wrong. So it's easier when the choices are fewer. But maybe not. Here's our text for today, Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, this is Jesus explaining the choice we have with who or what we will serve. And he presents us with a binary choice. There are only two possible choices here God or money. How can he say that there are only two choices? Well, this is the way life works. We will either trust and serve God, or we will do what it takes to provide for ourselves. We will come to live whatever for whatever it, that is just as naturally as water runs down, downhill. Right? We will live for that which will provide for us. We will either come to serve God and rely on his protection and provision over us, or we will rely on ourselves and then need to make money. Here's what is shocking about Jesus' statement here. He says that money is like a rival deity in our lives. It desires to have our worship and devotion. It wants us to serve and live for it. Like any rival god, it makes us promises. It promises the life we want. It promises to take care of us. It promises to give us life in a future. In this way, it works as an, an idol or a rival deity to the Lord God. Jesus talks about how only one or the other will really have our devotion. We will either choose one and be devoted to it, or we will choose the other. Now you say, well, how do we see this with money? Well, first, we see the worship and awe of it and what it represents. Perhaps you have caught yourself in awe over the latest sports car, or the latest iPhone, or that beautiful multi-million dollar yacht this really is worship. You are awed at the glory of it. Or just watch one of those release events for Apple. It feels like a worship service. There's music, and then there are images of beauty and power and glory, and then, wow, we are shown the new device. You can almost hear the sighs of awe in it all. People then will order it and pay unreasonable amounts of money for it, because of what it promises to provide, and again, the glory that's in it. Money works like this. I remember as a young man sitting at a desk working for a Miami corporation, and as I was focused on my work, a small piece of paper floated down through the air and fell on my desk. I picked it up, and it was a check for a few million dollars. I had never held that much money in my hands. Here was a tiny piece of paper, (laughs) but it represented so much more. It represented all it, it could buy and the life I could have if it was mine. But it wasn't mine. It was a refund check that had been written for overcharges that was being sent back to a client company. But when I thought about it, I thought, that's the way money works in our hearts. It comes laden with promise. But here's the problem money can't deliver. Now, that doesn't mean that money cannot come in handy. It can be a helpful accessory in your life. But it is not a good God. Jesus told the story of a man that did well in his farming business and how he decided to go even bigger. Yes, he built bigger barns to store up more for himself. And what the man didn't know was that sooner, no sooner had he built his bigger barns Then he was going to die. He'd get to enjoy none of his massive holdings. It was all for naught. You see, his money couldn't save him. It couldn't fulfill its promises to protect him from harm and loss. You know what really does want to be served? Our money wants us to live for it, to think about it all the time, to worry about losses and to become enthralled with gains. Folks, there's a real power to this stuff, and few can escape its grasp. Jesus said it's almost impossible for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven because rich men tend to live for their riches, leaving very little room for a true sense of need and dependence on God. Jesus said in his Beatitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's Matthew 5.3. Yes, blessed is the person who knows how bankrupt he actually is, that he's broken and needs God. By the way, if the rich were really rich, there would be the freedom not to worry about riches and the generosity to be able to share it with others in need, but they can't. Such a rich man wouldn't need to build bigger barns, but he'd instead find ways to help people that lacked bread. You see, he needs to build bigger barns because... Even with all he has, he feels insecure and vulnerable and afraid. Now here's what the gospel does. When we discover the love of God, we're able to stop worrying about money to trust our loving Father. We know that the Lord clothes the flowers of the field and he will clothe us as well. There's freedom and the ability to live for his kingdom and righteousness first in our lives. And there is a real worship of the Father who has provided to us all things. Let's pray. God, our provider, you know how our hearts are so easily captured by what we see. We find things so glorious they almost take our breath away. We need to see you, to see that there is no greater glory than is found in you. Thank you for revealing yourself to us in Jesus. Help us to keep our eyes fixed on him, for in his name we pray, amen.